This is for all the folks who grew up without geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their Harry Potter knowledge because the Vada Katara bitches. Geek Hearing is working to bring marginalized geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? Guardian Leviosa. Now on. You do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of having a marginalized gender in a male-dominated environment. Hi, my name's Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, wonderful, over there in Austria in the dark co-host, Monica. In the dark, yes. I don't Hi. know. Well, it's nighttime, so you're in the dark. That is true. And then sometimes Austrians are in the dark with a lot of things. So yeah, true. that's very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> How Hi. Are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. Having the best day of my life. How are you? Uh, not as great. I mean, I, I have nothing to match with your day, but I will. I do have something to match with your day because we have guests on again. Yay. And I love our guest episodes. Also, I'm literally so excited because we haven't done our Harry Potter episode, episode, the proper <laughs> credit. So now we got backup and I think it's the best backup we could have ever gotten. I agree. I agree. And I'm so excited to introduce Jesse and Lark, who are the hosts of The Gaily Prophet, the intersectional queer Harry Potter podcast of your fucking dreams. Amen. That is right. So hi, Jesse and Lark. Welcome to Geek Caring. Hello. We're so excited to have you. I don't know if that's noticeable. <laughs> excited I can't even word very well. <laughs> You're in good company. Neither of us know how words work either. So Yeah. <laughs> How do they sound? How do you say them? What do they mean? I don't Nobody. know. It's so so funny. I'm a writer. Like I'm a copywriter in my day job. And people are like, how come you can't speak? And I'm like, words are hard. We're just yes. like the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> yep. I yeah. can always blame not being AS ESL. So I'm like, whatever. I'm just Austrian. I don't need to speak proper language. <laughs> can't even speak proper German. So whatever. Also, English is a language makes zero sense. It's so bizarre. So like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool beans. <laughs> so we both before we get into the topic, we have the rapid fire rounds. We, we which we see it's not working. <laughs> which we will hit you with basically right now. And we yes. thanks for the input again. So we will do that one after the other. So that yeah. it might make more sense, I guess. Yeah, uh, I volunteered to go first. Lark is still waking up his time. So. It's very, very early for me. Where <laughs> what I live, time so. zones are you in, actually? I'm uh, on Pacific time. Ooh. Okay. So uh, by early, I mean it's 11.30 in the morning, but I'm like a late person. So like I had to set an alarm to get up in time to be ready for this recording. So. We, yeah. we appreciate <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's like a, it's like almost three o'clock in the afternoon where I am at. So I've been, I already had breakfast and like gone grocery shopping and done the things. Nice. So. Okay, so All you're right. in Eastern. Yes, Eastern Standard Time. Oh, uh, I should probably start the rapid fire. Uh, I'm Jesse. Oh. Wait, oh, they, yeah. they asked the questions. Jesse. Yes. Oh, like, sorry. We can do that actually. We can totally <laughs> do time zones in the rapid fire one. Like, <laughs> How awake am I right now? Pretty much pretty awake. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay, so we are going to start with Jesse. Jesse, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Uh, so I'm Jesse. My pronouns are she/her. 
I'm from Detroit, Michigan in the US, uh, colloquially known as the as the Midwest. Uh, so it is very cold here right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, cool. Um, when are you a geek since so a year and maybe a story of your first geeky experience? Uh, so this is actually really hard because I've been a geek since I was a child. Uh, my me and my family would watch like Star Trek Next Generation together. Mm. And uh, I grew up in the 90s. So I had, of course, wait, can I swear on this podcast? Everything's possible. All right. Uh, so like, you know, like weird ass 90s cartoons, like The Simpsons, like Reboot, Animaniacs. Like I, you know, I had the very first original Game Boy um, that I got for my birthday, which was, of course, great. Um, and then also like, no one really monitored what I was reading. So like, of course I'm reading like Roald Dahl books, Calvin and Hobbes, but also a lot of Stephen King. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and of course, uh, Harry Potter, definitely of the right age where I read like book four came out when I was 14. And then the last book came out when I graduated from undergrad. So I'm definitely of the grip with Harry Potter generation. So nice. We must be close to the same age. Cause yeah, I'm like everything. I'm like, yay, me too. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah, and uh, who are your biggest geeky influences? Uh, I have a pretty short, I have a list. Uh, I love that. <laughs> so uh, the X-Files, first off, which is, I think, the first thing that got me into fandom because it once that became popular was right around, like, Internet 2.0 where people are doing, like, fan sites and, like, <laughs> listservs. Forums. Forums, fan fiction on the internet. I mean, of course, Star Trek did it first, but... X-Files definitely popularized it. So I was kind of like, I got in sort of at like mid peak that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the Matrix, uh, which is, I mean, cyberpunk, can't, you gotta love it. Uh, Harry Potter, of course, as we discussed earlier. Uh, Octavia Butler, who is my sci-fi idol, my queen. Uh, everyone should read her books because they are all, especially Parable of the Sower, basically what's happening in the US right now, <laughs> politically, uh, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and then also like nature specials because I'm an animal weirdo. So I have <laughs> a variety, a variety of interests, but definitely spent a lot of time as a child and as an adult, honestly, watching like genre shows and nature specials. So nice. Awesome. And what would some of your current geeky pastimes be? <laughs> well, first one is making the gaily profit. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> like my like number, number one thing that I'm currently doing uh supporting like queer indie comics on the kickstarter writing a lot of very queer harry potter fic with lark and sometimes without lark for our for our, for our podcast uh for reading, patreon for patreon uh reading a lot of game of thrones fix it fanfic because i'm still not over it <laughs> hashtag never will be over it never <laughs> it's seriously called fix it fan fanfic that's amazing yeah, uh, a very popular subset of fan fiction is being like, oh, Canon did this terrible thing. We're going to pretend it didn't happen or we're just going to completely rewrite what happened. And I'm like, I mean, great. Someone should, should do that for sure. Yeah, yeah. you're going to send us links for that, right? I sure will. <laughs> uh, and then uh, this, we're at the tail end of uh, Black History Month in the U.S. So I um, last weekend did a, a virtual con with our... Harry Potter podcast friends, uh, Black Girls Create. They do uh, a Black Harry. They do a Harry Potter reread podcast from like a, 
uh, African Americans perspective called hashtag wizard team. And they are amazing. And I'm trying to be their best. <laughs> They're trying to be your best that. friends too. So it's all going really it's, excellently. It's, it's very, it's very mutual. Yeah. Just like, yes, let's just keep hanging out on the internet always. And I'm like, oh, nice. that's amazing. I follow them on Twitter and every, like the whole month I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, I love this so much. Yeah. Everything about like their, their Twitter, they're, they're doing Twitter. Excellent. We are trying to figure it out, but their Twitter games. on. It really is I'm, like <laughs> taking notes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll tweet the game. I mean, huh. I'm working on it. Yeah, Monica. I know you're working on it. I just, <laughs> I'm, doing, doing I'm, hard. I'm the useless one of, 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 of that situation here. I know it. I know it. I know it. It's so listen, true. Listen, everyone has their strengths. Twitter is a strength that I'm but, still like, yeah. how, do you, how do you, you know, yeah. still figuring it out. I, I have a binge problem. So I do stuff great for a short period of time and very intensely. And then I fall into a deep nirvana of nothing for a, a way, way longer time. That's <laughs> yeah. the bigger problem. Anyway, <laughs> let's move over to, so that was a rapid fire round. Thanks so much, Jesse. So let's move over to Lark. So who are you? Uh, I am Lark Malachi Gray. My pronouns are he, him. Uh, I am the co-host and resident Griffin Dandy of The Gaily Prophet. <laughs> uh, I'm also a tarot reader and um, I am the dad of three pit bulls, one of whom is probably going to be participating in this recording, whether we want it or not. Oh, we always want the animals, all <laughs> the animals. Cool. They're the kind of interruptions that we like. Yeah, yeah that is true. Yeah. So where are you from? I currently live in Portland, Oregon. I got here via many, I've moved way too many times, so I'm not going <laughs> to bore you with the litany of <laughs> spaces. I would be interested, not going to lie. Um, I started in Michigan, went to New Orleans, moved to Kentucky, moved back to Michigan, and then moved to Portland. I just See? love moving across the country. It's fantastic. Yeah. I'm joking. It's not terrible. <laughs> You've seen more of the country than I have, so. It's true. That's pretty cool. Cool. So when are you a geek since, again, year and maybe story? So similar to Jesse, actually, I just listened to the last uh, interview episode that you folks put out and like the person you were talking to, I was like, that's my story. Like, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> like, I grew up with like pretty like parents that were into geeky stuff. So I like, grew up watching Star Wars and like they read us The Hobbit. Um, nice. I was very into still am i am like very into like kids fantasy stuff so like alice in wonderland uh wizard of oz harry potter um peter pan i'm also have just always been really into just like fairy tales so i have like the complete works of the brothers Grimm and hans christian anderson and like a bunch of collections of you know the bizarre fairy tales from like the 1600s from like various parts of europe um nice. and like you know, mythology from all over the world and stuff like that. Uh, so mostly, I would say mostly fantasy. I'm like less, less of a sci-fi nerd, but I'm getting into it. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I don't, I can't give you a year because I just like grew up on it, I think is my answer. Just, like, that's ever. amazing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, yeah. I love it when the parents are already geeks. It gives me hope. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool what are your biggest geeky influences so obviously harry potter um 
Buffy, for sure. <laughs> um, majorly, I can't count the number of times I've watched the entire series. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Who, Firefly. Um, again, like fairy tales, stuff like that. I I really just like reread stuff a lot and like memorize it. I'm very mm-hmm. kind of obsessive about it. But then also like all the new stuff that I read is just like queer young adult fantasy because it's like my escape. So yeah. That's amazing. And what are your current geeky pastimes? Well, I um I make this Harry Potter podcast. It's called the Daily Graphic. <laughs> <laughs> um and so with that like we also have like basically a harry potter like meme account on instagram uh so i make a lot of harry potter memes which is also pretty geeky pastime um and i read a lot of comic books and um, like I just watched, rewatched all of the Doctor Who reboot. Um, nice. Yeah, that's cool. That is really cool. Done with the with the rapid fire round in almost super rapid time. Seriously, <laughs> like that was that was two people, and like we're through the record time. Impressed, <laughs> You guys get gold stars, so you both get both gold stars. Yes, and obviously the most important question now that it's a Harry Potter episode: What houses are you in? So uh, I am a Gryffindor primary Ravenclaw secondary or Ra- or Gryffindor sun Ravenclaw moon. Uh, <laughs> because uh, I, I do I do love the research and the book learning, but it's also like all I care about is politics and the state of the world and intersectionality. So it's like needs to be yeah. both. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Uh, I am also a Gryffindor. Uh and I have actually been trying to figure out what my like secondary house is, but like we can't figure out what the like crying house is. I'm like all water signs. And so we've decided that I'm a moaning myrtle moon. <laughs> Gryffindor sun moaning myrtle moon. That's I like that. Monica, I don't know what your secondary house is. I don't know what my secondary house is, but I really want to find out now. Uh, there's a really excellent Tumblr account called, is it Sorting Chats or HP Chats? I always forget. Sorting, sorting Hat. Sorting Hat, hat chat. chat. That's it. Yeah. And Ooh. so they go, and so they give you a whole breakdown, but basically it is your primary house is the, uh, what you do, like what you are. And then the secondary house is the how, wait, or is it the okay. why? No. The, fir- no, the primary house is why. And the secondary house is how. So. Oh, I definitely got to look that up afterwards. So my primary house, if we ask the Pottermore, which we don't want to ask anymore now, but if we ask <laughs> Pottermore, it was Ravenclaw. So I need to figure out my secondary house afterwards. I'm all excited already. If I like go by instincts, I'm probably Hufflepuff primary and Gryffindor secondary. Nice. That would be my, my instincts. Uh- we both think that Hufflepuff is the best house. Both of us have Hufflepuff uh, partners. Because <laughs> they, they are clearly, because Hufflepuffs are just. Her, her like, fiance, by the way, is a Gryffindor as well. It's a great coincidence, actually. <laughs> it's like, I think that like every Gryffindor needs a Hufflepuff. Like, otherwise, you just, you just like burn out, you know? I really yeah. don't want the Slytherin, though. <laughs> because that's all that's left for me now. 
I mean, I think Ravenclaw Slytherin, like, is probably a very good, like, power couple so, pairing. Really, yeah. But, like, obviously not for everyone, though. No. That can be very intense. I feel like uh, your weirdo would probably be uh, Hufflepuff Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I can put him into the American one. Maybe that's better. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel better. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything better about the nonsense <laughs> that is magic in North America. <laughs> but now I really want the weirdo to take that test as well. Okay. Not happens. No, it's good. Just like ask him the questions like one a day and write down his responses. <laughs> like just throw it into casual conversation. He's going to look at me like, what? What but did he'll the- answer? Like if you do like one a day or one every other day, like I'll totally get into it. He won't yeah. even have a clue. Yeah, I could try that, to be honest. What a, what a strange question you're asking me, but okay. Which of these potions would you drink? <laughs> if, you walk, if you walk through a dark alley, what do you rather want? Water or fire? <laughs> what? I already seen him, like, how are you on? How are you high? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's obviously water. <laughs> what are you taking? Cool. So let's just also give a quick recap on, I mean, we would have wanted you on always and forever, but our initial move was because we had an incident in our amazing thing that is our fandom, our shared fandom, which was JK Rowling, I don't know if your listeners remember, being an utter and total complete asshole, said the nice phrasing, I don't know, where she posted a pretty transphobic tweet and supporting... A woman who had super transphobic suggestions for the UK government, I think. And she was all like, I stand with her. Yeah. And that caused a a major uproar in the community, obviously, because how dare she take that all away? I mean, it was, from our perspective, not super surprising. She had definitely tweeted some things that were a little bit more, they were less directly transphobic, but definitely were kind of like, what what's going on are you just like tweeting this because you're old and don't get it are you just like completely just like the worst and then the tweet in december basically was like oh no you're you're the worst okay um yeah so because we're the a very visibly queer harry potter podcast um we i think knew about it basically as soon as it happened (laughs) and then i mean ever since then we've just been kind of like well you know, an entire generation of fans, like 20 years worth of fans are like, this is ours. So it's ours now. It's ours now. Fuck you, JKR. Yeah, we basically like pretty immediately launched a a campaign against what she's been doing and like uh, to reclaim, basically be like, this belongs to us. And this is how we like make that true in a way that is meaningful and impactful. Um I worked like 14 hours a day for like two and a half weeks after the her tweet dropped just being like, okay, we have like, it's really important that we like rally and like not even necessarily in to like with any intention of like changing JK Rowling's mind or anything like that, but more as a, okay, let's come together as a community because a lot of people were feeling, are feeling super betrayed. And it's, there was a lot coming out of people being like, I don't know how to continue 
having this thing that has been so important to me and meant so much to me for so long with this information about the author. And I think, no, I know from feedback that we've gotten that we were creating a space for people to figure out how they can continue having her, even though JK Rowling is garbage. And you said that you generally already had some insights after your research and do you mind elaborating on what you found before the big showdown i know that she had she had tweeted some i don't even remember what she had tweeted previously that people were kind of like looking sort of side like there were people that people on the internet that were queer and trans are kind of like what is, what is this about this sounds vaguely not mm-hmm. you know um i'm sh- I can't we, remember. We had already like written, we had already responded to something that she had tweeted in the summer before that happened. And I, I, it was something about like bathroom. Uh, I'm sure we could find it for Probably. you guys, but the, I don't remember what it was. The only thing I can remember about bathrooms is that she said that before plumbing was put in, like the wizards and which is like poop on the floor and i was like wait what <laughs> oh no this was like was... current like bathroom bill right. transphobic crap okay I, I yeah i probably missed i don't shame well maybe not shamefully but i i don't really follow jk well i don't yeah, follow no. her anymore yeah not anymore especially yeah. but okay i remember sorry um so she, the first thing that happened was like she liked a tweet about like men in dresses and women's bathroom that was like a year ago and she her, her like publicity person was like, "Oh, her finger slipped. She's old. She doesn't oh, yeah, know how to I recall, Twitter." Uh, you know, um, and then the thing over the summer was that someone basically went through and inventoried or whatever who she was following on Twitter because she follows a very limited number of people, and a significant number of them were very clearly transphobic and like vocal, avid transphobic people. Um, and we're like, JK Rowling, why are you following all of these people? And she just like, wouldn't, she didn't say anything. Um, and so that was the thing that happened, I think in like June that everyone was like, look, she wouldn't be following. I can't remember whoever it was died pretty recently. Um, but she was like one of the most outspoken, um, transphobic folks, like pushing against things in the UK. Uh, and J.K. Rowling was, like, clearly very close with her based on, like, tweet interactions. So, like, that happened and people started talking about it. But at that point, a lot of people were like, you can't make this assumption based on mm. who she's following on Twitter, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then her tweet happened and I was like, oops, everyone who was, like, correctly interpreting what her <laughs> Twitter following meant was in fact correct and she's very clearly a transphobic jerk so mm-hmm. uh uh so which is of course upsetting and fucked up and awful especially so it hurts us as adults but i mm-hmm. guess keep thinking about all of the like like all the kids and young people who are getting into harry potter and like might learn this shit and it's like the world is already hard enough on like mm-hmm. queer and trans and gender non-conforming kids so it's like you 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 as a a young adult as a popular young adult author have a responsibility to not do fucked up shit like this. Right? Mm. Like you're a fucking billionaire and you have this huge platform and like literally millions of fans around the world. Like at yeah. the very least, keep your fucked up like ish like keep the things you think that are fucked up to yourself. 
Yeah. But like, I mean, and it's good that she didn't because now we all know, but it's also just like, you have like so yeah. much power, so much platform and position of like authority to make a difference to these kids' lives. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was already saying to Amanda, and I don't know, sometime before that, that she was flying on such a high for such a long time and being put on that pedal stool of, yay, Dumbledore is gay and I'm super open with everything. Woo-ha-ha. Um, so that you really had to question for how long this was going to last because it's really hard to ride that way for, for a long time, especially w- when it turns out that you are a dick. But praising her for being so open about everything. And I was t- saying that, it had to come crashing down on her eventually because yeah i don't know it just i just had a feeling about this i can't even put into words and then the the um johnny depp situation with with the the abuse and the fantastic beasts happened and then you were like well you could have maybe done a better job with this Uh, and then i think there was just one other step before before the downfall after the december tweet but yeah. that's what it what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, I think she's made it very clear that she's not as interested as using her immense platform for good as I think we all assumed slash wanted her to do. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think she's she's extremely opportunistic. Is I think what started to become clear because it was like, well, when it was convenient for her to reveal that Dumbledore had been gay all along, that was great. But then when people were like, so he's going to be explicitly gay in the Fantastic Beasts movies, right? Like when it becomes relevant in his relationship with Grindelwald. And she was like, um, it will definitely be heavily implied. And it was like, <laughs> cool. So you just are going to continue queer baiting. Like, okay. Like, so I feel like regardless of anything else, she's always been a really shitty ally because she's really just motivated, self-motivated, right? Like, oh, this is going to get me good press. Like, oh, that might make people angry and not want to see my movie. So like, I'll do this, but I won't do that. Um, Which is a bad look. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I feel like besides this, like this bad look on her, like abuse of her platform is sort of like, there are a lot of fucked up politics in the Harry Potter series uh, that we discuss at length mm-hmm. constantly, but the underlying thread is still like a really strong, like, you know, positive, like political message of like standing up against fascism and banding together when your shitty school isn't going to help you and sort of like being brave enough to do the correct thing, even though it's really hard. And I think that that is such an excellent message. And so it's like, it's just such a uh, disconnect from like what she's actually saying to be like, how did you come up with this excellent message in your series? And then <laughs> you yourself can't even like, like she's the kind of person Harry Potter would be like, fuck you. And yeah. it's like, how? Yeah. Like, why? Yeah. Really good editors. <laughs> I don't know. Up, up until like book five, because book six and seven could have used much better editing. Like, <laughs> real. So. This is Jesse's Hill that she's going to die on. <laughs> <laughs> every time we've ever it's ever come up with anyone jesse's like let me tell you about how poorly edited <laughs> books six and seven are okay this is this is my snobbiest hell i'm gonna die on because i think a lot of people talk like say that the harry Potter series is well written which i think in a lot of ways it's not especially especially compared to the other young adult fantasy series of my heart his dark materials which is oh, yeah. phenomenally written mm. and i mean again it's different like 
you know, Phil Pullman fucking worked at Oxford or whatever the fuck. Like he's like, you know, so it's a much different place than where JKR is coming from. But it, right. Like there were still dozens of people who read the Harry Potter series before I ever got to print. Run. Some of y'all could have been like, that's like, that's the editor's job to be like, you know what you could have done? Not made for the fact so goddamn much of these, you know, or like something. How do you find yourself represented in the Harry Potter books? That's something that I, what is it that where you've, or tell me about, tell us about your story with Harry Potter, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Those are two different questions. Those are definitely two different questions. <sighs> uh, the first to the first one, how, like on our podcast, how do we do that? We just aggressively write ourselves into the story. That's like our primary agenda is like, we are scouring the subtext and just like any place that we can like revise whatever her intention was to like make characters be more like broadly representing the fan mm -hmm. base we do yeah and the fact that there's a lot of characters that don't get a lot of character description means that like oh well let's just assume they're they're a brown person let's assume let's just say they're queer and then we'll just go with it and it's like because right it's like oh the person has like curly hair and is a ravenclaw it's like that could, you could look or be a variety you could have a variety of different like you know gender and racial expression you know identities from just like that two, those being those two descriptors and we're like cool well yeah the nice thing about the like uh the one nice thing about you know authors assuming default whiteness and therefore not describing the skin color of white characters is that that means that we as readers get to assign skin colors to these characters so it's really nice to be able to just be like well okay this character you know oh we have a comic like a resident comic artist for our podcast which is funny because that's visual um <laughs> but he he draws a comic for every episode that we put out and so that's also really cool because he just like any character that isn't explicitly described in the books he just makes brown and so even folks that like we hadn't talked about or like i hadn't thought of like now in like the gaily prophet canon like professor sprout is a person of color because nice. why not right um and it's just like i think that adds um an extra level at least for me to what we're doing because we get to also be putting out into the world like visual gaily prophet canon of like confirming all of our theories and things that we're like reading into the text yeah which hilariously in 2020 still makes people very angry sure does <laughs> Uh, yeah, roles? we uh, we block with abandon, yeah, and also anytime we post anything like controversial on social media, the first comment is like, "If you're shitty, we will delete your comment." So like, don't bother. And it turns out that works really well. Like, people who come there to leave shitty comments are like, "Oh, well, if I'm not gonna get to make people mad, then like, what's the point?" And so. It went from when I wasn't doing that, just like dozens to hundreds of like people being shitty in the comments to when I started posting that it's now honestly only people who think that they're not being shitty, but are being shitty who leave comments like the trolls are just like, well, this one's not worth it. so Lost cause <laughs> pro tip. <laughs> That's such a simple solution against trolls that impresses yeah. me right intensely right now. Yeah, it's really nice. mind. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, 
Yeah, I think uh, in, in general, what makes ways to make internet spaces safe for people with marginalized identities is to have a moderated comment, yep. which is a lot of work. Like mm -hmm. you can't just like, we're not outsourcing that work. Like Lark is doing a majority of that work mm -hmm. uh, to like moderate our comments, but it's like mm -hmm. worth it. Totally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I guess uh, important too, like just yeah. also for, I mean, you don't need to read shit comments from stupid people on your in your own house like you don't invite people to shit on your floor and then leave so that's why keeping exactly. them out is probably the, just the best way to do it and make your home homey like that because nobody yeah. wants poop lying around exactly <laughs> but uh but yeah but uh an example i think i'd probably use a lot is that on one time on instagram so we i think since probably episode Whatever episode we introduced to Hermione, it's like, well, Hermione is black, so clearly. Uh, and a couple of months ago, someone made like an entire Instagram account to comment on our Instagram page about like Hermione being white. And it's like, my dude, because I'm sure it was just be real. It turns out black people have a variety of shades that they can blush and become ashen faced with fear. And it's like, does it negate what, what we're trying to say? But that person was like, I'm going to make this whole account. To, to show you and i'm like you could have just been something more productive with your time like i always wonder where people have the time from i mean i guess they have a lot of time on their hands otherwise it wouldn't be sad and pathetic and lonely to troll people on the internet yeah but yeah so i mean also i think a lot of parents should be talking to their kids mainly their cis het sons about yeah. yes anyway <laughs> yeah that's a, uh, that's whole something else to get into <laughs> yeah uh, but, but yeah, so there, I mean, but even like with all of this, like me and Lark both have a very intense love. For some reason, people don't, don't think that it could be combined with a deep criticism. Mm. Um, cause we're, we're intensely critical of the series and mm -hmm. the author, obviously. Um, but it definitely comes from a place of love. Mm. Like I would not spend this much time. I would not spend hours of my life doing this podcast, deeply analyzing every line of every chapter if i didn't yeah i i mean i, I reread harry potter at least once a year um just because of the deep love for it even though sometimes i agree i'm just like oh, this is so horrible like why do i love this series and it's like crack <laughs> <laughs> i think that a lot of what's great about harry potter is that like jesse said earlier like the overall message of it is really good and then also it is really flawed. And so in both of those ways, it creates a space that people who have read it a lot and are very familiar with it can have very accessible conversations about relevant topics in our mm -hmm. real world. And I think that that's really valuable. Like you don't have to be reading, you know, news articles or like scholarly works that are often like paywalled or inaccessible in terms of like the way that they're written or are overwhelming for like neuroatypical people who are dealing with like mental illness and can't be bombarded with all of the shit that's going on all of the time but like you can have conversations within the framework of harry potter that allow you to figure out what your politics are and what your ethics are and how you want to be in the world through this very like safe media um because it's like 
you know, young adult fantasy. It's Mm -hmm. a place that we can still be like, it's not the real world. And yet we're learning real lessons about who we want to be, even when those lessons aren't coming from like what JK Rowling was intending with like the messaging of it, but are like, let's talk about how fucked up the way that she talks about the Dursley is, Mm. right? Like you can write bad characters and not like drag them through the fucking mud in terms of the way you physically describe them. Like that's possible. And we can talk about that and like learn to be like fat, positive people through that conversation and like i just think that's really great you know i totally agree with what you're saying like there's a lot of learning and discussion points that can be like well how can you how can we make this better how how like how can we take what she's essentially saying and make it better like just more positive more inclusive more everything right yeah and i think also one of the the strengths of harry potter series is that so many people have read it and love it is that and that now that we have like i feel like it's i feel there's beginning to be a variety of books from of people who read harry potter maybe when they were younger or like you know young adults and are like this is really good but this isn't like diverse enough mm-hmm. uh this isn't like you really kind of missed the mark there so i feel like i feel like i'll read series that are like i kind of like clearly post harry potter in a way that i don't think maybe would have been published if harry potter hadn't been such a phenomenon so like uh carry on and uh wayward son by rainbow roswell is really kind of Ra- rainbow rowell uh <laughs> is one of those series which is i mean i mean i think very directly honestly uh, yeah you know it's harry potter fanfic that's just like masked enough that it got to be like published but- as an actual book and not just on the internet um, and it's perfect. It just like fixes so many issues within the Harry Potter series. For instance, there's no Ron. Fantastic. <laughs> Why uh... do you not like Ron? <laughs> so many, so many of our, so many Ron fans are going to be like, but why? Oh, but why? <laughs> well. You can uh, ruin it for me. Come on, tell me why Ron sucks. I can handle it, I swear. <laughs> it just it just takes him a while. I mean, uh, I, I just think it takes him a while to grow into the good person that he is at heart. But in the earlier books, he's such a dick, especially it, to Hermione. It takes him until yeah. the second half of book seven. <laughs> I, I, I feel like it does start like in book five and then like uh, and like yeah book seven is like you know yeah he's like because he's a typical stupid boy in puberty being all idiot about hermione i guess yeah he's just like you remember that part where luna's like he's funny but he's really mean like i feel like (laughs) that's why we don't like ron is because luna is correct i guess that's true uh that's actually really funny my like ron is like one of my brother's favorite characters and i think part of it might be he's a bit of a ron but like the best parts of ron <laughs> not, the, not the like misogynistic parts of ron <laughs> so uh but like i i will say because i think of i think of him whenever i feel like defending ron like ron is very ride or die for harry so i feel like he so even at the beginning, he's like, I don't want to do this thing, but I guess I'm going to do it so you don't die. Or if you're going to die, <laughs> we're both going to die. And I'm like, 
that is very tender. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely treats Harry much better than he treats Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. You opening my eyes today. <sighs> but I guess it's also because I really like Ro Rupert Green's acting and I think he was hilarious. So that's why I'm like, oh, I like you. Okay. You no, know, I will reconsider I, that now. I actually do really like Rupert Grint. He's just like hanging out post movie, just being, I don't know, like the most chill stoner dude probably i'm gonna buy an ice cream truck eh? right <laughs> look at me with these like baby pigs and my ice cream truck and i'm like my like he's living <laughs> he is living the dream <laughs> I, I recently saw an interview with him and he clearly already gets kind of annoyed for people asking him about ron all the time so you could see he's like i'm i am here right now i really don't want to be here right now but that's basically all i did after my ice cream truck so so, so and that didn't work out so I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I gotta be here, but I also really want to show you that I'm kind of not enjoying it right now. <laughs> so, it was, uh, well, I man. Like I, I like I respect that. Yeah. I mean, I guess they don't really have to do much after that anymore, so. I feel like he's the... Okay, I know that Robert Pattinson was in Harry Potter, but I, I feel like his interview style is very Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I was going to say he's the Robert Pattinson of Harry Potter, and then I was like, but he was in it, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> but Robert Pattinson isn't saying that shit about Harry Potter, so like... No. Um, I think for me, I had kind of a different, uh, mm, don't know, perspective on Harry Potter because I had a lot of community, and I did a lot of um, text-based Harry Potter role play. Um, like, starting just after book four came out. So it was just after Goblet of Fire came out. No, that seems too early. No, that seems right. Um, <laughs> and so we made, like, a really diverse and, like, inclusive community. Like, we had everything going on. Um, my favorite pairing was probably Fred and Harry. We were a very good couple. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> like, so because I had that, it's hard for me to see the negatives in a lot of the Harry Potter characters and the storylines because in my head, I'm like, wait, was that the books or was that the way that we wrote it? Um, and sometimes I have a hard time remembering. <laughs> so I, I totally see a lot of criticism. And it's like, oh, Ron is, is, is a terrible person. And I'm like, nah, Ron was awesome. And I'm like, no, Jenny was awesome. Jenny who played Ron was really awesome. <laughs> And she played him amazingly. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I think, a really unique perspective in my head. Um, and it's probably totally confusing. Actually, that is incredible. That is really um, amazing. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Uh, I actually was very sad. I never did much role play because it does fit in nicely with all of that, my nerd interests. But I was in a, like, like after college. So, like, uh, late, like, 2000, like, 2010s uh, in a like a Josh Wheaton verse uh, live journal group where we had like challenges mm -hmm. and would like make stuff or like role play or like whatever. Um, it was great. I make an excellent Drusilla, by the way. Just... <laughs> oh. You know what, Jesse, if our patrons listen to this, there's going to be a demand for some evidence for that. Listen, if you ever want to do some Spike and Drew uh, fan fiction, I'm on it. We'll have to put and up so... a poll to see. <laughs> Uh, wow, that's very off topic, but I'm only yeah. gonna do it if if we get Angel in there as a throuple. Anyway, 
that is absolutely canon yeah yeah them them yeah. being a thruple or a whatever a four-person version of a thruple whenever darla is there is quadruple right. a quadruple that is uh, in my mind 110 percent canon like you're a fucking, you're a fucking vampire like, it, i i haven't like, watched far enough into angel to see but i have been told that there it is confirmed like canon confirmed on angel that angel and spike have had sex so what yeah i should have watched that i think it's in season I five it's downstairs. Not, i feel like it is <laughs> i feel like i don't remember it is definitely very oh not it's not like directly said but like di like imply implied enough where you're just like well obvious nice you know? And also the dynamics is like, well, obvious. Yeah. But anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> Not to like veer us off into our other shared fandoms. <laughs> no, I love this. Now I'm like, I have to finish Angel. I borrowed them a friend from a friend like seven years ago and they're still downstairs and I'm like halfway through season three. It's, yeah, it's a hard show to get through. It's DVDs are hard good. as well. Like DVDs. I, it's because seasons <laughs> three and four aren't very good uh season five is pretty good yeah season three or four they're just kind of like what are you guys even doing what are you guys doing with gun who is clearly one of the best characters in the show right but they don't, they don't know what to do with him until season five is the problem okay maybe i'll just so. skip some i can i be the dad of this podcast and be like yeah we're not on track <laughs> yeah we're so, yes. so not on track yes so you have a campaign uh make harry potter gayer do you want to tell us about that because that sounds amazing. It is amazing. Um, yeah, yes. So this was sort of the two things that came out of the tweet were one, we wrote a guide to canceling JK Rowling while still keeping Harry Potter, um, which folks can find on our Instagram and I think on our Tumblr, you can find it. If you find us on social media, you can find it. Um, and then like the other half of that is uh, make Harry Potter even gayer, which is a campaign. It's a hashtag. It's a, you know, it's a movement. It's a lifestyle. Um, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's basically a way for folks who are reclaiming the books, who are queering the canon to uh, like put everything together, make it searchable, make it findable. Um, so like fan art, fan fix, uh, you know, Tumblr threads. Um, I think one of the maybe most important pieces of it is like folks who are making Harry Potter merchandise and like either the merchandise or the creator or both are queer so that there are, you know, clear ways to support queer creators to get your Harry Potter merch because obviously a big part of canceling JK Rowling is not giving her money anymore. So it's like really important for folks to have easy access to makers to support in lieu of getting official merch. Yeah, Jesse, do you want to say? Actually, I, I do want to, I want to jump in about a thing that I literally tweeted today is that there is a, a new and used bookstore in London called The Second Shelf, and they focus primarily, it seems, on like books that are written or about women. But earlier this month, they were like, uh, whenever we sell JKR, a book by JKR, we're going to donate money to uh, Mermaids, which is an organization in the UK uh, specifically around supporting trans people. And I'm nice. like, 
it's basically like like people do like you know climate crisis offsets it's sort of like turf offsets where if you're gonna have to if you're gonna buy this thing buy a turf you might as well donate some money to like queer organization and i'm like this bookstore is not my favorite and i'm like yes this is what this is another there are a multitude of ways that you can mm. you know in fact uh uh indulge in your love of harry potter and harry potter things and also give a big fuck you to jkr yeah yeah and you said that was called the second shelf yeah or second shelf books or something amanda's um, totally not gonna be in london at the beginning of march i am in so. london like next week so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm like i'm going <laughs> yeah i'm like whenever i go to london i'm definitely gonna have to go to this adorable little bookstore and like it's called buy a... it's rare books by yeah oh, thank it's... you <laughs> they have also a very excellent Twitter account. So yeah, if, whenever I go to London, like, who knows when that's going to be? I'm definitely going to go there. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I will recon it for us next week and let you know. <laughs> like just coincidentally, I'm going to be in London. <laughs> uh, so yeah. And I think it's important for, I mean, it's great that like uh, an actual business is like, you know, we acknowledge that she's fucked up, but we're mm. going to try to like, do something about it. And I think it's just important for us as fans to also say that, um, to be like, I, you know, I've loved Harry Potter since I was 14, but I'm not going to see the movies or, you know, go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter because I'm not going to put my money into her pockets mm. anymore, you know. Uh, but there's still, just because the, the just because the, the fandom, the community is so rich and so diverse, like, I, I don't have to. I can buy, like cute harry potter merch from like a queer person on etsy hmm. you know and it's and i think that that is a truly incredible thing yeah but definitely is and it, that actually raises a really good point for me because my parents have a house in florida and i every time i'm over i'm like i want to go to the wizarding world but now i'm like oh that would actually be directly contributing to jk's and i was like that's a little bit of an internal conflict that i have like brought up here that i it's not something i ever considered before yeah, a lot of people had a lot of very strong feelings about the variety of things that you have to sort of boycott in order to meaningfully, like, not give yeah. her money. Um, the Wizarding World, I think, was the one that we got the most comments of people being like, yeah, I acknowledge this, but I'm going to do that anyway, because it's fun. Um, and a lot of people wanted to be like, she doesn't get money from that. And like, I mean, first of all, how dare you not think that we did our research? She <laughs> not only gets a percentage of ticket sales, she also gets a percentage of all merch, food, beverages, like Seriously? everything sold within the food park. Food and beverages? She gets a lot of fucking money. Wow. What um, the fuck? And we got the same thing. Like, she, she didn't write the play. She doesn't get money from the play. And it's like, she made, oh, I'm going to forget the actual number, somewhere around $50 million from The Cursed Child the first year. So like... She does. She gets money from all of these things and it matters. Like money is like the the one thing under capitalism that's like actually supporting her. And like, that's the biggest, like she doesn't make money from us reading the books or talking about the books, right? She doesn't make money from us like watching DVDs of the movies, but if you like, stream it, then she does, right? So it's like, we can still engage with the original content right not just like fan content but it's important to do it in ways that aren't putting money in her pocket because like voting with your money quote unquote like under capitalism is like kind of the only thing that you can do you can yell at her but like if you meaningfully want to let her know that you don't 
appreciate or approve of her bullshit, you have to do that by withholding her income. And the the other weird thing about people being angry about that is that like, I have a Harry Potter podcast. Of course I want to go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? But mm-hmm. now it's like, I'm just gonna use that money and go somewhere else really cool. Like, I mean, there's a ton of, pl- like I could go to London instead and be like, <laughs> pretend. It might be cheaper to go to London. <laughs> it, I think it, and you it, can it, still see all the things like the, King's Cross and everything, that's all there and you don't have to pay to see the stuff there, so. Right, yeah. Uh, so, and it's just like, but that's also a thing that, like, just because I desperately want to go doesn't mean I'm going yeah. to go and give her, like, 5k of my money. Like, right. no. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, like, keep that in my pocket and continue making this, po- and continue making our podcast instead. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think what people no. misinterpret sometimes is, as you said before, just because you criticize something and I mean, these books have been part of all of our lives here for such a long time, and they've been super important. I mean, I've made the best of friends because of these books, and and every time I read them again, it just feels like I'm, I don't know, 17 again, and everything is great. I don't know. And adulting is hard as it is sometimes, so sometimes it just really it hits a spot for me, and I guess for all of you here. And just because she is an asshole doesn't mean that we all, I don't know, need to get rid of that big part in our lives that has been changing us in ways or giving us some really positive things. I mean, you have the podcast now, which is just amazing and really owning that entire universe way more than she could ever create for you guys. So, so it's just being all like, yeah, she's an asshole and now fuck you all. It's also not really possible to do it all anyway. So make it more our own and be all like, yeah, you, I mean, what is she going to do with all that money even? <laughs> like, she already has fucking enough. Why does she need so much more for all of this? I mean, that's the big question about. For the food? Go. I can't even. For the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. I mean, I would even get a ticket sale, but I'm like, what? I'm drinking this gross butter beer, which is horrible, by the way. I was in London once, and now I can't go ever again anymore. But I was before all of that, and it's just the best thing on the entire world. But aside, the butter beer is just fucking horrible, and she gets money for that shit. I can't believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's also probably important to mention that like she makes a significant amount of money from people going to Pottermore, which is now what wizardingworld.com yeah. they rebranded. Mm. Um, but like clicks on that website also earn her money. I didn't go there anymore after I read it and deleted the app. So annoying. yeah. So, and that's one that I think we don't think about a lot like, you know, people like actually making money off of websites just existing, especially ones that don't have ads, but she does. Um, And luckily, like HP Lexicon exists. And like, you can find everything that you could possibly want to know aside from like what your house is from Mm -hmm. other websites Mm. where people have done work for you to like get that information. Well, based on what you were saying earlier, you can find your house. What what was it? Hogwarts hat? sorting hat.com or something uh sorting hat chats it's a tumblr so page close. no yeah, it's okay like, i was i was also like hp chats what what chats yeah something? um so like we can find your house without using like potter pottermore wizarding world or whatever it is um so we we can find your house without giving jk money True. also it's just random because i did it twice afterwards and then it was a gryffindor so like it must be kind of random still mm-hmm. yeah i guess i've always been kind of like Okay, so Pottermore like says one thing, but 
It also says the same thing about your Patronus. It's like, what, eight generated random animals? And yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to pretend. I'm just going to. I really think that the sorting quiz is like, was written by someone who is much more invested in what they were doing than the Patronus <laughs> quiz, which is just like the most yeah. it's just i feel like you answer some questions and then it just like randomly generates yeah, yeah like it has nothing to do with anything but i don't know i'm a fox and i totally resonate with that so. <laughs> i'm very unhappy with my patronus so i totally feel what lark was saying there it was i random. don't even remember what mine was i was just like oh okay <laughs> yeah neither do i and i'm like well clearly that's not my patronus right. yeah you need to vibe with your patronus you can't be anything can't be mine was an an ostrich a fucking bird i was like what why am i an ostrich i would need like i don't know a dog or something i don't know that would be more <laughs> appropriate but felt wrong i don't know oh man oh, i love this this has been a really awesome conversation was there anything else that you wanted to bring up or talk about before we get into our last question. Jesse, did you want to talk about that zine? Uh, I can, but I feel like I know that you did the work for the zine. So, about <laughs> so um, an artist named Alex Combs, I think, uh, just curated a specifically trans Harry Potter zine that is really cool it's called trans affirming magical care i think um and so and we have a piece in it black girls create has a piece in it um the graphic novel uh artist maya kobabe has a piece that's like really cool people who have contributed um and that i think they did a pre-release and then the actual release is going to be on trans day of visibility in march um, but I think that's really rad and things like that are becoming a thing and that I think folks should check out. Um, you can, what is the easiest way for me to plug it right now? If you go to our Instagram, the link to get there is in our like link bio link tree. Okay. Um, we can also put it in the show notes. Yeah. And I'll send you the direct, uh, link for that, but that's super cool. There's just like, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening out there around specifically like trans headcanons that I think folks should definitely like be checking out and like looking into and sort of spreading and making more like broadly fan headcanon. Um, because I, I also think that that's like a really great way to say fuck you to JK Rowling is to have sort of as much of the fan base as possible, like accept, you know, our mm. headcanon that Hagrid is a trans woman. And I yeah. love that. I do too. It's. I saw the image so on your website. I'm like, I love that, but I totally still didn't put it in my head together. That's amazing. I found yeah, the Gumroad link to the scene, by the way. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, if people want to hear more about that, what is it? Episode eight, I think, is uh, I think so. our interview with May Rood about Hagrid. Um, and there's just like, there's just so, so many that people are creating right now, like very intentionally. And it's really beautiful. That's amazing. Definitely, definitely be checking that out. Thank you. Yeah. We put all of the stuff in the show notes, by the way, listeners, <laughs> so you can, can 
be part everywhere and buy everything. I mean, I'm going to buy everything, obviously, because I'm totally yeah. not an impulse buyer or anything. <laughs> but I think that's a good impulse buy. So I don't even don't dare to question me yeah. there. Definitely. Cool. Cool. First, also, I love that you rewrote our question because obviously, obvious, rewrote, yes, that's right. Because obviously reading yours now, it's way better. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of like, I assume that children probably listen to this podcast, so we should just tweet. <laughs> no, no, no. That's a- I mean, I don't know that we'd get many children because we swear our faces off. So, <laughs> but- I mean, I don't, I don't know what the kids do. I have no idea. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> My nephew is 18 also, so I'm like, I still don't kind of like, what? Yeah. Weird. Anyway. Like- <laughs> so... The last question would basically be what advice do you have for and for how to support queer and or gender non-conforming kids? Folks should definitely buy queer and gender non-conforming kids books about other queer and gender non-conforming uh, teen protagonists, which because YA fiction is clearly better than any fiction out there right now, there is a ton. Yeah, we can send you links to some like roundups. Uh, there's some really good That'd like really listicles out there yeah. of, of <laughs> books. Listicles, like the word. Book, <laughs> book recommendations. Uh, yeah, because it's it's we're still not quite at a place where uh, we're seeing queer kids in like visual media mm-hmm. or like mainstream visual media. So it's always really, but like published somehow publishing is, is on that game. So mm-hmm. it was good for kids to be able to see themselves in the literature that they consume and mm-hmm. not like us where we're just filling in where we see ourselves so mm. it's, it's important it's important to have directly queer and trans characters in books for kids to see. yep so that would be i have an idea i like it cool thank you i think Definitely also um like educate yourself like very deliberately and like intentionally around you know issues of you know gender and orientation and all of that and like practice using different kinds of pronouns and you know figure just just read like read the the internet exists which is great because it means that there's so much information out there um and i know honestly i think the best like guide to learning inclusive language that I found is actually by Planned Parenthood. Um, And they have sort of just like a breakdown of like all the terms that people use and like how to use them and what they mean that they update as, you know, new things come into existence, I guess. Um, And, you know, just if you, even if you don't have anyone in your life that you know of that's like trans or non-binary or queer question mark is that a thing that people don't know any queer people um but if you are you want to be prepared already when someone does come into your life who identifies that way and not be like scrambling to learn how to use the singular they when it's already something that you need to learn so like yeah practice and read like that's the the best support i think that you can do is to already be prepared for if your kid comes out to you like great I've actually been referring to the toaster as they for the last five years, and I'm super good at it now, um, which is an actual um, like method of getting good at other pronouns is to like assign pronouns to like random objects in your house and then be like, 
you know, you go to use the toaster and like in your head or out loud, be like, I'm putting bread in her. And then like a week later, once you've gotten really used to that pronoun for that object, you change the pronoun that you're using for that object. And then you change it again. And then you change it again. And it, what, I mean, it's, it's just, it's the same as like any brain thing. You're rewiring the neural pathways that make it difficult to use different pronouns for people. Um, and that, makes like your brain is more flexible and more capable of being like, I've used this pronoun for you for the last X number of years and now I'm changing it. And it isn't as hard if you've already flexed those levels to learn to make those shifts fluid. I love that. I do too. Wow, that's that's excellent advice. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I'm a a professional trans person. professional trans tm yeah uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what i do for a living so. i hope it makes you a lot of money you would really deserve it oh i wish oh man we're, we're, we're working on it yeah yeah support us on patreon <laughs> we put that in the show notes as well excellent we thank will. you yeah no, we will So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this episode, for talking so openly with us and just all the education that you've given, not not just me and Monica, but our listeners as well. Absolutely. Um, If we all, I know I already follow all of you on social media and I'm sure Monica does as well. So if our listeners want to know where to find you on social, where can they do that? Uh, We are at The Gaily Prophet on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and we're the gaily prophet podcast.tumblr.com. Um, and we have a website, the gaily where you can look at all of our beautiful comics that we make. And also if you are, you know, looking to buy queer Harry Potter merch, we make a lot of that. Um, I would say definitely like Instagram is the best place to follow us because it is all a meal and not just about our pious. So that's excellent. <laughs> Meme accounts, I just love it. You need to curate your social feed for good stuff. So yeah, yeah, yours is definitely one to follow. Is what I'm. <laughs> yeah. what I mean. Make your life better by gaily profit memes and everything else. Obviously, it it sure does. So <laughs> also astrology memes, astrology memes because we're witches. Harry Potter astrology <laughs> memes specifically. Yes. I already I love that combination. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm really like, fun. <laughs> I just now have the co-star app, so that's why I'm like, yay, no all, <laughs> no all the things. Which is bo- probably just bullshit from the app, but whatever, it makes my day. It's hilarious. No, co-star is great, uh, especially if you really like random apps being super mean to you every morning when you wake up <laughs> in your notifications. <laughs> I like that direct talk, though. It's great. Yeah, totally. Co-star so is like, good morning. <laughs> You're full of shit today. Try not to be. I'm like, thanks, buddy. (laughs) Great advice. You know me so well. (laughs) Cool. Thanks so much for joining us today. And everybody should follow you is what I'm saying. That's my comment of the day. (laughs) Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on. Thank you. Thanks again. And uh, listeners, we will see you next week for another really awesome episode of Geek Caring. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com.
This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.